Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Soaring with Eagles. Uh, We apologize for the delay today. We had a little bit of technical difficulty here in the studio, but we're going to go ahead and get started. Really happy to be on today with Ron Klein. He is uh, the patent holder of portions of what went into making the magnetic strip in the credit card. He also has patents related to the electronic version of the MLS, which is used by uh, realtors all over the world. So before we have Ron on, we wanted to just talk about patents in general. We wanted to talk about mindset again today, as well as our mastermind mixer. So I'll start with that. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or if you have an idea for a business, then what we want to do is help you to get that business started. And what we do, um, we've done three already. And our last one is going to be on January 26th. And that will be at 9.30 a.m. at the Uplift Center. And there you'll be able to share some of your ideas as well as get personal information on how to get your business plan in place, your business strategies, uh, just specific information where there will be breakout sessions for you. So if that sounds like something you may be interested in, please join us January 26th at the Uplift Center, and you can get more information on buildthatbiz.com. All right. So what we'll talk about today are just some of the steps related to uh, getting a patent. And Ron is going to talk to us about a number of patents that he has, as well as what he does uh, right now, which is he does a lot of speaking engagements and he does a lot of things to actually inspire junior entrepreneurs. He actually calls himself a senior entrepreneur. And when we talk about patents, that's something that's important, whether you're um, an entrepreneur where you're just starting out with an idea by yourself or whether you're a part of a big corporation. Now, uh, some of you know that I do medical device uh, consulting, regulatory consulting, work with a number of different companies actually across the world, and all of them have patents. They have what's called intellectual property. So if you have a business and you're not keeping very, very good notes related to different ideas that you come up with, then then that's a mistake. You need to make sure that you keep good records, that you keep the dates, that you have signatures, that you have witnesses of the information that you're, you're writing down related to something that could end up being very, very important intellectual property for your company or for you personally. So that's something that we want to make sure that you keep in mind. Now, there's various types of of patents, and we will talk about utility patents, design patents, also plant patents, and just understanding that this is not a show to give you any specific advice where uh, you will be able to just go out and do that. There's a lot that goes into patents, uh, patent research, 
is one of the steps that you would need to do to see if what it is that you're thinking about is actually already out there. And sometimes that that does happen, or it may be a variation of, of what it is that you want to patent. The same thing with what we do in the medical device industry. If there is a medical device that's already out there, then we would do a 510K to show that it's equivalent to something else, but show what the differences are. So we're not going to go get too deep into those type of topics, but what we're going to talk about are just some general steps related to patents, okay? So step one is determine the type of intellectual property protection that you need. And that goes into um, looking at patents. Is it something that maybe you need to trademark? Is it something that you need to have a copyright on? There's all different kinds of intellectual property. And then determine, uh, is your invention patentable? There's some things that are that are not uh, able to be patented, and that's something that you should probably look up on the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. We do have some international listeners, so you would go to the Trademark Office, uh, Patent Office for your particular country, and make sure that you're clear on that. The next is what kind of patent do you need? And again, remember, we said it may be something that you need a patent, or you might just need to have a copyright or a, a trademark. So just make sure that you're you're clear on that. And the main thing in a lot of this is, as we talked about with business planning and coaching, and that it's really great that you, you contact people and that you partner with people to have a very good mentor, a mentor system. And the same thing holds true with this. You need to have uh, someone that you can trust that you might be able to discuss these things with. I work with several inventors as part of what I do and build that biz. Uh, and also, at this point, if you're talking about a patent, then you need to have a patent attorney. So there's good ones out there and there's ones that are not so good. So again, that's something where you need to do your own research and make sure that um, you try to do your best to get a great patent attorney. The next one is get uh, get the application ready and get all of the information ready. Now, the information that we're talking about are all of the things related to the patent. So if it is actually a, a process, you can you can patent a process, or if it's a machine, uh, no matter what it is, there's even plant-based patents, if there's something that's unique about uh, a plant that you've developed. Um, And any type of patent that you have, you need to get your information together. So what does that mean? All of the things that you did to develop it. So do you have drawings? Do you have specifications? Do you have where you've done testing and you have test data? Uh, All of that needs to be very well documented. And again, the dates are very important, as well as uh, ensuring that the information has some type of witness system. Now, one of the things that we do um, where I work uh, related to the various places that I work uh, are uh, considered lab notebooks. Okay, so those notebooks are ones that you keep all of the information related to your patent. And some of it is electronic and some of it is handwritten, but even those small notes can be something that depending on if you have to uh, go into litigation to show that you developed something first before someone else did, then you would have all of that information. You would have it uh, witnessed and it would be something that you would be able to take with you if you had to, to go into litigation related to that. 
And then the next thing is to prepare your submission and then work with your examiner, the, the person who's going to be at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to review your information. And then you would receive uh, your approval unless they have other questions and other things that you need to do. Okay. So there is a cost related to that, as you can imagine. It just kind of depends on uh, what it is that you're doing, but I mean, it can cost thousands and thousands of dollars for that, uh, as well as the fact that you're, you're going to also hire a patent attorney. Uh, and depending on what it is that you're developing, there may be other people that uh, you have to pay related to the development costs as well. So those are those are things that you need to keep in mind. Now, one of the main things that uh, we always talk about is information from from Forbes and from uh, Entrepreneur, uh, from a number of, of sites that I use on a weekly basis related to uh, the show. And I do have some information from from those sites, but I also just wanted to go over some information related to patents here in the U.S. as well as overseas. Now, a lot of things that were taught in school here in the U.S., and I'm sure that they're taught uh, in other countries as well, is that there were a lot of things invented here in the United States. Well, that is true, but some things were actually invented abroad, or there were people working on ideas here and working on ideas in other countries. Now, some of the statistics that we have is that uh, we're looking specifically at utility patents and that there were um, in past years, you know, whether it was 250, 270 or 300,000 patents issued in a particular year. And there was around the same amount that were issued uh, from foreign origin. So, we need to keep in mind that sometimes, you know, we're looking at U.S. patents and that there's also people working on things overseas. Now, some of uh, the information I had was kind of interesting. Uh, we know that there were a lot of things invented here in the United States, but sometimes there's things such as uh, some of these patents where it says that uh, some patents were invented by a person here, but it was already filed with a person from overseas. And then there's sometimes where there's people who have patents or have an idea that they should patent that they didn't think, they may not think that it's good enough to patent. And that happens from time to time as well. And that happened uh, in this particular article. It mentions John Walker related to the match. It was made by mistake. Uh, It's saying here that it was a chemical solution that was mixed and it caught fire by mistake. His friend said that he should patent it. He didn't think that it was Um, uh, he thought it was too trivial to patent. And now there's 500 billion matches that are used every year in the United States as well as other places. So uh, don't think that your idea is too small. Uh, It is something that depending on what it is, it could be something that you would want to patent. Uh, One of the other things that, that I looked at was the number of cases filed in the last 10 years or so related to litigation. And there are thousands and thousands of cases uh, of, of uh, litigation related to people who have patents that feel that their patent has been infringed on. And so when that's, that is when someone is taking credit or saying that they have created something that you know that you created first. So there are cases of that, um, but it's not anywhere around the magnitude of patents that are out there. So we want to just make sure that 
we are doing our due diligence to try to see what is it that we can create? What is it that we can create? What is something that it might be something that makes people's lives easier on a daily basis? I know we've all had some thoughts related to some of those types of things. I actually thought of something that I looked up the other day. Can't tell you what it is. (laughs) Something that I looked up the other day to see uh, if there was a product out there, first of all, and then also to see if there was a patent. And it didn't have anything to do with this show. It's just various things that actually my husband and I think of on a daily basis, not a daily basis, but maybe weekly, monthly, that there's different things that we we think of. And sometimes they're actually out there and sometimes they're they're not. Uh, we do have a couple things that we're looking at and actually working on that could end up being something that you yourself are going to have in your home uh, within the next five to 10 years, not sure. So What I would like to do is take our first break, and then when we get back, uh, Ron Klein should be uh, calling in. I see that he's already on hold, Then he's going to talk about some of his inventions, as well as just give us some inspiration on how we, too, can can get out there and get our inventions uh, in use. Now, sometimes there's failures, and, and no failure is really a failure. It's just a step into your next action. So there's a lot of things that you can make and do, but you just need to stick with it because sometimes we think, well, that didn't go well. That was something that was already out there. It already had a patent and you check on the next thing, it already had a patent. So I need you to just keep thinking, keep growing and keep trying to get those ideas out there because the world I'm sure can use something that that you're going to invent. All right, we'll take our first break and we will be back with you and with Ron Klein. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, aka community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon. Mentor a youth or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal, at your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Tired of working for someone else? Think you have a great business idea? Then this is for you, entrepreneurs and inventors of all ages. Let's get that biz started at our Mastermind Mixer with Crystal on Saturday, January 26th from 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at the Uplift Center in Mesa, Arizona. Regularly $120. Mention the radio show Soaring with Eagles and pay only $80. Can't make it? No sweat. Go to our site for information. Monetize your unique ideas now. Take the jump and soar. Visit buildthatbiz.com and register today. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show. 
Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Soaring with Eagles. We're so happy to be with you today. Uh, again, sorry for the late start, but we are on, we're live, and we're we're going for it right now. So we are on today with Ron Klein related to some of his inventions, and he's going to... Um, inspire us. He has already inspired me, all the different conversations I've had with him, and I hope he does you as well. Ron, are you on the line? I sure am, and I hope I'm coming through loud and clear. Yes, you are. Good Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm delighted to be on with you, Crystal. I I managed to catch about five or ten minutes of what you were saying, and absolutely, you you never stand still. Keep thinking. Right, right. We have to, right? Absolutely. So So, I've I've got 30 minutes, and I'd really like to give your guests as much as possible in those 30 minutes. I don't know, do they have any idea as to some of the things that I've invented? Yes, they have an idea of several, but this is your time, so go ahead and, and tell our listening audience about yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm a pretty simple guy, um, born a long time ago, back in 1935, and I came from a, a simple family. My, my dad was a mailman. My mom worked in a department store, and, you know, during the war years, the Second World War, uh, there wasn't much money, so I ended up even making all my own toys. I, uh, what I would get for my birthday is a ball of string and a roll of tape, and, and that was it. And they'd say, Ron, go ahead and do what you can. But... Um, My whole philosophy, and I think everyone's philosophy, should be simplify. If you can simplify, you can can handle any challenge. I always look at it as it's like the old word problems we got into school, and if there's any young fellas or young gals online now, it's what you're getting with your word problems. You have to sift out what's the given and what's the solution you're looking for? And everything else in between is the journey. Sure, you're going to hit some hurdles along the way and some stumbling blocks, but you never want to lose sight as to what's the challenge that you're trying to solve, simplify it, and then find out what is the goal, how you're going to do it. All right. So, Ron, um, Ron. Yeah. I just need to interrupt yes, you here just for one second because the people on Facebook can't hear you. We're having some technical difficulty today. So I'm just oh. going to repeat just a couple things that you said, and then I'll let you go again, and then I'll repeat for them. So he said that when he okay. grew up, uh, you didn't he didn't have a lot of, of things to play with. He had a ball and a string, and he made various things with that. And his main focus in life has been to see if there's a problem and find a way to solve it. There's, there's challenges, there's things that we go through in our lives or, or see uh, that we could do, um, see that maybe we could do something better or make it better. And Only so we can simplify. You have to simplify it, Crystal. Right. Yeah. So he's saying not just make it better, but to simplify it. Simplify solutions right. to issues. So he's going to talk a little bit more and then I will come back on and uh, repeat a few of the things that he said. Go ahead, Ron. Okay, so what I'm saying is that when you are given a a challenge or a problem, first of all, there is no such thing as a problem. You take problems of frustration, you turn every problem into a challenge. You turn every challenge. Yeah, just going behind every challenge. There's a gift behind every challenge. Are they hearing me okay now? No, they're not. So you just keep talking, and I'm going to repeat to them. Okay. Well, 
And and what I'm saying is that when you determine what's the given in a challenge and what's the solution you're looking for, that's the way you can simplify it. And I, I say that the answer to success in every way is to be smart, daring, and different. And when I say smart, I don't mean a, a PhD degree from Harvard University. I mean pay attention every day. Learn something new every day. You can learn from everybody and anyone. Everybody has something valuable to say. Just listen. Don't just hear. Just listen and learn. And then so you've got to be smart, daring. And to be daring means don't be afraid to make a mistake because that's part of your education. When you make a mistake, you learn. Don't make the same mistake twice. But don't be afraid to make a mistake. And I always say, like, if you painted something the wrong color the first time and it's wrong, just paint it a different color. Paint it a new color. And then the last thing, which is so important, is to be daring. And that means what you have to provide is benefits, not just ideas, but benefits. Because if if it's not a benefit, it's a hobby. And if it's a benefit, now you have something of value. So always think about being smart, daring, and different, and provide benefits. And in the inventions that I came up with years ago, which started in the early 1960s, when somebody came to me, a large department store came to me and said, we have a problem. It takes too long to make a charge purchase, and that's what they called them then. They didn't call them credit card purchases. They called it a charge purchase because the only thing they had was a little piece of plastic with your name and the card number, the the credit card number embossed on the card. And the merchant would have to look up that number in a big book of negative account numbers that the department stores and the credit card companies would give them every month. And if your number wasn't in there, you were good to go. But that took a long time. And then the other problem, the other challenge was the burden. The burden of proof was on the wrong person. It was on the merchant. It should have been on the credit card companies because if the merchant missed your number in that big book that they would get every month and approved your credit, so that was a mistake. So I said to myself, well, that's, now I understand the problem. It takes too long, and the burden's on the wrong person. So you see how I identified something, and I said, now what can I do to help credit card purchases? And right around that time, reel-to-reel tape recorders came out. Now, you young people probably don't remember that, but reel-to-reel tape recorders, they have the tape machine. Can you still hear Yes, yes, I remember that. Okay, so reel-to-reel tape recorders, you could record some music, you could record some voice on it, and they had a couple of motors, and it would make the tape move through the reed head at a constant speed, so it wouldn't sound like Mickey Mouse or Dracula, and that's the way you could record on tape. So I said, geez, I have a pretty good solution to the problem. I could take a little piece of that tape record the account number on the little piece of tape, paste it on the back of the plastic credit card, and then build a little device that mimics the tape recorder and make you the motor. 
You're the one that pushed the little piece of tape through the little device. You would swipe it. And that's the simple invention of the magnetic strip on the back of the credit card. Just think about that. All you had to do was simplify the problem. Once it was understood, the challenge was easy. I took all the negative account numbers, put it into some kind of memory system, took the little piece of plastic that had no smarts, and made it smart. And, you know, in this world of obsolescence, I invented that in 1966, and the patent was awarded in 1969. And you have to ask yourself, in a world of such artificial intelligence and great inventions and obsolescence, how come it lasted so long? And the answer is, I'm sure you're all thinking because of it's simple, but the reason it lasted so long that the magnetic strip doesn't require energy. And something that doesn't require energy doesn't radiate. So there was never fraudulence at the point of sale. It was If there was fraudulence, it was further down the line at the server or the person in the middle. But that never required energy and it never radiated. So since 1966... There's a, an invention that provided billions of people so capability. How it has lasted so, all these years since 1966, Ron. That so is just so awesome, so awesome. And um, I really like how you how you talked about that and, and went back to explain the origin of it, and uh, even just the time frame. You said that you invented it in 1966, and the patent didn't get awarded till 1969. So what happened during that time? Were there reviews going on? Was were there well. Uh, Different information that you had to, extra information you had to supply? Well, it was a lot of examination and things were a lot slower than, there were 35 pages to the patent. And of course, it wasn't just the magnetic strip. It was the whole process of how do you verify the credit limit and how do you verify the credit. So it was the magnetic strip and the credit validation system. So it was quite quite involved, and there was a lot of research that went into it. But that's how it it, it went went along, and um, that was like I say, probably one of the simplest challenges I've ever had in my life, and that was an easy one to solve. So it's a matter of identifying and simplifying the issue, and then saying, what can I do to provide a benefit to help? And my benefit in the credit card was speed up the process, especially at holiday time where it takes a long time for people to come through and they had to fill out the slip, the piece of paper and check your credit card number in that big book. So that really slowed the process down. So I wanted to speed the process up and that's how I did that. And then I wanted to take the burden off the merchant because why should he have to do the lookups? So the burden was taken off of him by putting intelligence in that little piece of plastic. And then the other things I did to just move along quickly is I developed MLS for real estate, multiple listing. And that was a way where you could solve uh, properties that are in need and people that have properties and make that information available. So that was was a quick solution. And then I had another uh, area of interest. When touch-tone telephones came out and people wanted banking information, 
people they can want touch it tone in their account number into the computer, the central computer of the bank, and the central computer of the bank would take those touch tone codes and take that numeric okay. information and convert it to voice. And I converted it to voice by taking a big magnetic drum with lots of reed heads, and each reed head had a different syllable. So that after you would key in your account number, the computer would come back, and it sounded very mechanical at the time. It would come back with your account information. It would say, you are listening to. So, and then I refined it a little bit better and synthesized the voice so it would flow a little smoother. But that was the idea back in the, in the early 60s of voice response. And then there were many, many other functions I did along with that. And probably one of the biggest and most complicated issues that I ever had and simplified them was I automated the New York Stock Exchange and built the bond monitoring trading system. And I'll tell you how I got to that point. But I don't know, Crystal, do you have to take a break first before I continue on? Because I've been just verbalizing and verbalizing. Do we need to take a break? Uh, We don't need to take a break. Uh, We started a little bit late, so I want to make sure that we have the maximum time with you. And uh, I am voicing everything that you're saying, talking to the the Facebook people. So I'm not sure if you can hear me doing that in the background. But this is is very fascinating. And I do want to make sure that, that we're able to get into a few other things especially what you're doing for the for the blind that that's just awesome as well um did you want to touch on that right. before we go into some questions okay sure well um, along with well first of all I'm, I'm up in years and i say that if you're not doing anything even all the way up to the end when you're <laughs> not empty then you're just a little old husband that invented a bunch of things and sitting around you know uh playing tiddlywinks so, so you're I'm saying that you're up in years. Do you mind telling our audience how old you are, or is that taboo? <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm 83 years old, and in folks. July I'll be 84. In July, you said? Yep. And oh, I'm, cool. I've got full of, full of ener- I'm full of energy, and I'm not empty yet, and I'm still creating. One of the things I developed just recently in the last couple of years is a device for the blind, and I, yeah, that came about because I have a very close friend who was blind and we were having breakfast one morning and I asked him what was on his wish list and he said he would love to have something simple that could help him identify what he comes in contact with in his daily life. And I said, let me think about that. You know, that's a challenge I'd like to think about. There's lots of gadgets out there, lots of things for the blind, but you want something simple inexpensive, easy to use. And I came up with an app on his phone, on any phone, which every blind person and everybody in the country carries a phone around with them anymore. It's almost their electronic leash. So I came up with a free app. Made a free app. And then I used little uh, coded labels. They, uh, They were very similar to QR coded labels that most people are familiar with today. And I I programmed them in a very interesting way so a blind person would paste that label on anything they want to identify, point their free app from their telephone on an label, and it would give them, it would tell them exactly what it is. And the way they would know is they would put the label on those things that were familiar to them. A book, they would always put it in the same area, maybe the upper left-hand corner. And if it was a... 
a, a, a food product, they would paste it on the top of the can. If it was their jelly, they'd paste it on the jelly. If it was a prescription, they would paste it on the, on the lid of the box, the prescription. So then they would just take their phone and scan the area, and it would say, oh, here's my blood pressure medication, and they would then not confuse that with their aspirin. If they would want to know what the patient, they would, wear, um, no, they would the, paste these little blood, labels blood on pressure the top of the hanger and then hang their shirts on top of those hangers, and they would say the yellow it's shirts would go on this hanger, sure. green shirts would go on the other, and that's the way they would identify it, and it's helping so many people. It's tremendous. It's helping, and it's helping so many um, people. That is tremendous, Ron. That That's real tremendous. Um, and, and like you said, and it, it seems like something so simple uh, using the, the phone. You're able to use your phone and use these adhesive labels that you made. Right. They don't have to carry around these special little items. And the labels are in a little tiny book that they can carry in their pocket or their purse. And they're adhesive they labels. And all they do is just take that label off paste it on something they want to identify, oh, point the phone, tell them what, what that device is. Now, every time they point the phone at that device, they'll know what, what it is. Um, That's so cool. It, it's, for instance, it, it'll tell you what's in the box. Let's say they want to put a whole bunch of things in a box or they're moving. They want to put a whole bunch of things in the box because they're moving. They tell, okay, they're moving. They tell that label everything that's in that box, point the phone at it, when it gets to its de- destination, and now they know everything that's in the box. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very helpful tool uh, in a very short period of time. I really can't explain too much, but if you go on my website, you'll learn a lot of things about all of the inventions that I, I created. And by the way, my website He's 83. is thegrandfatherofpossibilities.com. And because that name is so long, I came up with another web address that is shorter that points to that. So you can get to my website by saying the number four. The other website is the number four. Dot com. So it's four, R-O-N, L-E-I-N, dot com. Com. And Crystal will probably repeat that at the end of the show again. So it's yes, an I easy way to get to my website. Okay? And yeah, yeah. So, now the interesting thing is the way I simplify it and, and find opportunity, as I had developed all these things, my company was growing quite rapidly. And in the early uh, 60s and 70s, there was no internet at that time. There were there was no software. Everything was built with transistors and resistors and capacitors. It was printed circuit cards. So in order for me, my company to grow, I needed lots of employees. I needed draftsmen to make the circuit boards. I needed engineers to design things, and that so the circuit boards could be manufactured. Then I needed manufacturing people to put things together. So it was it was growing quite rapidly, and I was up to approaching a hundred employees, and I needed money. So I went out and raised money through private investors. And back in those days, we had raised quite a bit. It was three-quarters of a million dollars so that I could expand and hire more people. But today, that three-quarters of a million would be worth millions. And as the company would even grow larger, I went back to the investors and I said, now we're up to 125 employees. We need 
more people and more funds to manufacture more equipment for the banks, for multiple listing service, for everything that I was developing. And they said, well, let's, let's go on the stock exchange and go public. And I had no knowledge whatsoever about public markets and stock markets. So I went to the library, got myself the Securities Act of 1933 and read it cover to cover and became an expert, took the company public and raised another couple million dollars. So things were really going well. The company became extremely interesting to a very large insurance company and they bought me out because I figured at my age it would be time to retire and at that time I was only 34 years old. I fished for three weeks, became extremely bored and said, this is not for a kid that came from Philadelphia whose dad was a mailman. I've got to get back to work. So I went back and begged those people. I gave them back their stock options and begged them to let me loose and I was going to go out and start another company. And that was in uh, late 1969. So I was calling and here's a quick story. This is how I got to the New York Stock Exchange and really became very wealthy from what I did for the exchange. I was selling other people's products, going around and calling on some old customers because until I figured out what I wanted to do, I was representing as a sales rep for other people's products in the communication line. And one day I was calling on a client and this client was in the communication business and he had on his uh, desk a bid sheet from Western Union. The skills. And I figured, this, this looks very interesting. And I asked him, would he be uh, okay if I would also borrow that bid sheet and bid on some equipment that Western Union was putting up for sale? This was teletype machines, communication equipment, because they were going into the satellite business. And he said, yep, we don't need it any longer. You're welcome to it. To make the story real fast, I took that bid sheet, went to Western Union, ended up buying all their teletypes for pennies on the dollar because they just wanted to get rid of all this old stuff that was used during the Second World War on battleships. And I did very well with that because I turned all the circuit boards into gold products and sold the gold and recovered a lot, all of my money plus more and then discovered that there were a few, almost two to 300 machines that were very special so that were used at the New York Stock Exchange. And those machines, the New York Stock Exchange needed because they called me and said, we understand that Western Union sold you those machines and we're expanding our trading floor operation. And that's how I got into the exchange. And then the story just goes on and on. The point I want to make, most important, is to simplify your life and pay attention. Be smart, daring, and different. And what I did was I read something on this gentleman's, uh, a bit sheet on this gentleman's desk, and I said, would you be interested in letting me share some of that information? And he said, absolutely. We don't need the equipment anymore. You're welcome to it. My wealth and my operation, I was at the New York Stock Exchange developing things for them, creating the biggest bond system only because I paid attention one day and asked the man, could I have the bed sheet on his desk? If I hadn't done that, 
ask I the man if he can have the big seat on Millions and millions of dollars creating for the New York Stock Exchange. So that's when I say be smart, go daring, and different. When you're different, you're looking at things as to what can I do to help other people create a benefit. Down to looking at what Ideas don't sell, benefits do. So, Crystal, do you have any other questions before we finish the last six minutes? Yes, I do. Uh, he's asking if I have okay. any more questions. I'm just letting the people uh, on Facebook Live know as well. And uh, we talked before about um, some of what you've done with junior entrepreneurs and just being able to inspire them. Do you have any comments, any anything specifically that you want to say to address our junior entrepreneurs today? Absolutely. There's, there's no such thing as a failure. Uh, option, a failure is not an option. Everything can lead to success. And what you've got to do is pay attention, look around, and think about how you can improve things that are out there today, especially in this busy world of electronics. And you've got to really look at things as a benefit, not a hobby, and simplify everything in your mind. Think about the daily basis as how you solve word problems in high school and how you solved word problems when you were in high school or even before. You have to look at all the things that are important in that word problem. What are you working with? Important. What a solution you're looking for, and don't get caught up in the journey in between, because everything there's a solution to everything, and a better way to do everything. And failure is not an option. There's always a positive experience. So there's you look at things and you say there's always and only plan A. Okay, if you can't. If you can't solve it the first time and you painted it the wrong color, remember what I said. Paint it a different color until it's right. This time and it doesn't so, work, try it again. Just keep thinking. Just keep trying. Yes. Just keep trying. Any other questions? Uh, yes. So what do you have going on? Anything else that you have going on this year? Any Anything for people to follow? I will be giving the... Websites again for you? Any? Yes, I'd like them to take a look at. A, uh, we're developing. It is an offshoot from my development from the blind, and now it's a very, very incredible system that we just developed and released. That's giving the buyers that go to brick and mortar shops or that go to Amazon. It gives them. It's giving them a tremendous experience as to being at the last point of sale. It tells them all about the products, the advantages, the rewards, what the product can do, a message from the president. It's, it's an incredible system of an experience before you buy a product. And the way you get that experience, you take your phone with a free app, and you either scan the barcode on any product or a QR code on any product, and it gives you complete history. It's, there's a lot of information all about it on the website that I've created for it, and let me give you that website. Okay. It's called Envision Eli 
dot com, and it's E N V I S I O N E I E L I dot com. And the reason we chose Eli is he was the first prophet that read the Bible in Braille, and it came about from the blind product that I created, and then we just took it one other step to this product that, that is for the entire marketplace. So have your, um, your listeners go to my website to really learn more about everything I talked about this morning, and that's for ronkline.com, and then have them go to envisioneli.com to learn all about the new things that I'm doing. So the proof is in the pudding. Going on 84, I'm not empty yet, and I'm still out there doing. Our job is to create and give back because giving is a wonderful thing to do. The more you give, the more you get back in many different ways. Any last questions? No, I think that about covers it. I'm just real excited to uh, to get that other um, that other website, EnvisionEli.com. I didn't have that one uh, from the various times that we talked before, so that sounds really great. E N V I S I O N E L I dot com, and Eli is actually my Echelon Leadership Institute that I have for our junior entrepreneurs. So we're we're connected with Eli as well. <laughs> Fantastic. And the, the I'm other so sorry website. that you had technical difficulties because I wanted to speak to your audience direct. Yes. So you are speaking to the audience on Voice America, which is the Internet radio, but you're not speaking uh, live to the people that are on Facebook Live. And we do have like hundreds okay. of people that, that listen to those uh, broadcasts throughout the week. Um, and so um, hopefully they got something from from what I was saying, because I was trying to repeat as much as I could from what you were saying as well and, and interpret and, and repeat. So I hope that they got something okay. out of it. And um, hopefully they did. Well, they can always go to the website and get a little bit more. That's correct. That's correct. And so uh, just one last shout out related to your websites for Ron Klein. That's for the number four, R-O-N-K-L-E-I-N. Dot com and then also the grandfather of possibilities.com and envision right, either Eli. One will there. What did you say? I said either either one will take him to the website. Okay. okay. Well, you have made such an impact on the world, uh, not just here in the U.S. Earlier, I talked about U.S. patents as well as foreign patents and how sometimes there's things that we say that we invented here in the United States where there were people that were working on them on, you know, other other sides of the world as well. And so um, be that as it may, like the things that you have done have actually impacted the world. And it's so awesome to to get to know you even a little bit better on the show today. And well, thank I just, you. I want to encourage you, 84, 94, 104, uh, just continue to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. I, I don't need that too much encouragement because, I'm, like I say, I'm not empty yet. I just want to keep going. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, you do that, and I'll be keeping my eyes open uh, for the next inventions from Ron Klein. Thank you so much. Thank you, Crystal. Great, great having me you on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, bye-bye. Sorry, bye-bye. 
Soaring with Eagles, I really appreciate you being with us today. And uh, sorry for the technical difficulty again. We'll be um, discussing that to make sure hopefully that won't happen again for the next shows. But um, hopefully you got to learn something about patents, the un the importance of getting a patent or a trademark or a copyright for the things that it is that you create, the importance of keeping records for those, and uh, also the fact that we at buildthatbiz.com can help you with that as well. Our next Mastermind Mixer is January 26th at 9.30 a.m. at the Uplift Center. You can get more information on buildthatbiz.com. That's buildthatbiz.com. Thanks, everyone, and have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world.